Hey, it's Deacon here. I'm hosting a new workshop called Hiring Secrets to help you find the right people who will take your business to the next level. Join me live on April 6th, and I'll show you my biggest secrets and tools to building a high-performance team. Get all the details at deaconbradley.com, click the Hiring Secrets link in the menu, or check today's show notes for all the links you need. Now, let's get back to the podcast. So Justice, we've noticed a lot of business leaders skipping this particular step and it you just can't skip it. Hello and welcome to the Sharp Business Growth Podcast, the show for founders and CEOs who want to create healthy business growth. I'm your host, Deacon Bradley, alongside Justice Marimi. And on today's show, we are talking about something that comes up a lot when we're talking about how do you build a team? How do you grow a team? How do you build a business that's going to actually run itself, get you out of the weeds? If you want to do that, you need a great team. And here's kind of the, the news flash that probably shouldn't be a news flash, Justice. Uh, you need to talk to your team and like spend some time <laughs> with them, right? Yeah. And, uh, and so today's show, we're going to be talking about one-on-ones because we have seen over and over behind the scenes in businesses people are skipping this step. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that. And we're going to dive into those, but justice, I'm super pumped about this because this is not a skill that I was good at when I became a manager. Uh, I've been on the receiving end of this where you're like, not like the manager's not good at it. And it, and once I kind of realized that feeling, I was like, Oh yeah, yeah. That doesn't feel good when my boss isn't doing one-on-ones or isn't good at one-on-ones. <laughs> Uh, yeah. so yeah, that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm going to share my experience. Uh, I've got some tips down here that I think will make it easy and let's get going. Let's do it. I'm excited, man. Sh- 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 go away. Share, go away. So, <laughs> all right. First mistake here. And actually we're kind of developing, this is going to be like a three part series. Okay. So today we're talking about one-on-ones, but there's kind of three big mistakes that we see particularly CEOs making because they just have so much going on. There's three big mistakes. Today, we're talking about one-on-one tips. Next week, we're going to be talking about um, not spending your time with the right people. And we'll get more into what that looks like and what that means and where people are kind of doing it completely backwards. And then the third level of this that, that we're going to talk about in two weeks from now is not actually developing your team or providing that that path for them to develop and that's another another overlooked thing. Today is one on ones, and Justice, I'm curious. You you have a, a team in in one of the brands that you're working with right now. Uh, do you, are you doing one on ones with them now? Or I'm going to totally put yes. you on the spot here and find out. No, no, no. I like it. No, I love the one on ones. I I and it just I hope everyone on here like for me, and I I don't do them perfectly, but once you start doing them, you realize their value because you're able to go, oh, I can save that conversation for my one-on-one. Like, I don't have to address this right now, whether it's a teaching moment or it's a, like, I need to say I'm sorry or whatever. Um, it's, it, this can wait to, to our one-on-one. So it, I hate Slack. I know yeah. Deacon appreciate, like, well, Deacon appreciate love hate relationship. <laughs> I have, I have a hate, hate relationship with Slack. Um, so for me, I love it. Cause I, I don't have to, 
send someone a message on Slack and then wait for 13 responses that I don't have the answers to. I can just have a conversation in a one-on-one. So I'm a massive fan of one-on-ones. I do them now. When you got into that role, were the one-on-ones there and you just took them over or? No, I started them and the team loved them. Ah, um, yes. Why, why do you think, them. where do you see resistance amongst, cause there's a lot of, I guarantee you there are CEOs and business leaders listening to this thinking, Oh, great. Another meeting. Yeah. Are there, yes. <laughs> are there any yes. other objections you think that are, that cause them to not have them? Um, do we need to have them every single week? And that's one it, on paper, it looks like, are you kidding me? Another time block that's recurring every week with my essential team players that it looks like a, a lot of time being added to the plate when yeah. in their mind. Yeah. You know, like when in their mind, they're like, I can just send them a Slack message or a text message or I'll just call them. And what I know that, you know, is that time adds up and that yeah. inconveniences a lot of people. Here's what I would say. If you're listening to that thinking, yes, yes. I'll just call them or text them. What what's going through my head is when would you choose to do that? And what I'm thinking the answer in my head as I ask myself that question is when I need something from them. Mm. And so in that situation, the relationship that develops is almost like this order taker. Like you show up and dump some tasks and, or ask for a report and then you ride off into the sunset. And to whatever yep. else was, was more important. So yeah, here's how often do you like to have your one-on-ones justice? I ha- I want to have them every single week with every team member that I'm responsible for. I completely agree. That's something that I teach the CEOs that I work with a lot of times. Like I can, and I love sharing this information with them because I do all my coaching sessions either live or on zoom. And so I can like yep. read the body language. And I love yeah. this. Cause as I'm sharing this, you can just see them like kind of deflate a little and be like, Oh my gosh, like this is, how is this ever going to work? And I love that yeah. because anytime I put something out there and it violates something that they think is possible, then you get to They're dig in and be that. like, all right, well, what's taking up all your time. And that's a whole other aspect of my coaching and yeah. consulting, finding those things. But the point being, I completely agree. You need to have them every single week with your team. And here's a nice feature about that, that I would, that I would say as well is that that then becomes a natural bottleneck on how many direct reports can you have? I went through a phase where I had 10 and it, so, I mean, what, what, 10 hours of my week right there. Just gone. Yep. Yep. <laughs> one on ones. Yep. Uh, and then there were staff meetings on top of that. And then there was like the team, the whole team meeting. So over half my week was being in meetings and it was, it was insane and it was grueling and difficult. And the solution to that was to actually grow a better team, actually, mm. which was all right. Well, I need another layer of management because we were still hiring. I'm like, I'm not going to take 12, 13, 14 direct reports because this would seriously yep. break, but it really forced me into, um, building that next layer of management. And then all of a sudden, as I did that, my one-on-ones went down to like, Ooh, now I just talked to three people every week. They run the whole team and this is fantastic. <laughs> Isn't that cool? I think it, it, it helps you see the vision. 
Like, and if, and again, we're, we're assuming that your company's growing, that you're scaling, and then you, and you have the funds to, to hire a team. But the one-on-ones for me was I'm tapped into what is actually going on. And if someone is, if you're hiring the right people and they're underperforming, it's usually because they just need some kind of permission or support from you. And they're stuck on a problem that maybe you can solve that they just haven't thought about. And so you get to come in as an outside support, which builds your authority as a leader in their lives. Um, and and they're more, um, they're going to come to you more often in those one-on-ones with issues before they actually happen. So you're, you're ahead of the ball instead of coming, like you're, you're getting ahead of problems instead of problems coming to you at inconvenient times. Your team also learns I'll just bring that up at our one-on-one. And so, especially if you're really good at like on Slack or whatever you're using of going, when they ask you a question and just going, Hey, let's talk about that at our one-on-one. Um, yeah. They'll just kind of go, Oh, he's just going to tell me to bring this up at our one-on-one. It can wait. So you're getting less problems brought to your desk. Yeah. That's um, a week. That's a big one actually. Yeah. That's a really big one. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you're thinking, Oh, I don't have time for one-on-ones because I've got all these things that I have to handle. Some of those might naturally finally have a spot. Yes. Yes. And I, I've noticed in, in different places where I've gone, employees are rarely going to ask you for more of your time, especially if you already seem busy. Oh, yeah. And, and one of the things you don't want is your team members trying to solve your problems because they don't want to disrupt you. And so they'll go in and try to fix something that was meant for you to fix that is an issue that they're not equipped to fix and they make the problem even worse uh, because they were like, I, I don't want to inconvenience, you know, whoever it is, or they'll just ignore it. They'll just like, I'm not going to deal with it. He's not there. We'll just let this thing fester. And you've got an angry customer or a bigger problem that's growing that if you had one-on-ones, you would be, they would go, I know I can bring this to John Smith on, on Monday during our one-on-ones. Justice, is there a way that like, do you have an agenda that you use when you run your one-on-ones or some way that you prefer to run them? How do you do it? Mine is probably going to be a lot less structured as yours. I bet it's not challenge accepted. (laughs) I come in with essentially two or three questions. Um, The first one is, Hey, tell me what's on your plate this week. What do you got going on? You know, what are you trying to accomplish? And then the next one is there, is there anything I can do to support you? Make your job easier. Um, Those are like my main two questions. And I kind of just want to hear what they're working on, what's on their plate, that kind of thing. And then Usually everything will kind of come up. I've noticed that those two questions serve like everything. All right, Justice. I think I can top that. You want to hear my agenda? Please. I don't have one. <laughs> the, Dang it. The, <laughs> I have a purpose, but I don't have an agenda. Uh, the agenda is essentially it's turned over to the person. This is their meeting. Okay. So yeah. uh, if I'm, if I'm the CEO and I'm having one-on-ones with my direct reports, that is, I, my approach and mindset around that is like, this is their time. 
Mm-hmm. It is they can use it how they want. You want to bring new ideas and we can spitball like ways to grow the business. Great. You want to talk about your career development or uh, stuff like that. If you're frustrated that things aren't going well or whatever it is, that I I I don't set an agenda. I make it their time that they own, and I am essentially there to like serve them and mm. help things progress. That's that's how I have always run them as far as agendas go. Uh, I try to get them to set the agenda and run it like a meeting, not like a really formal one, but you know, don't just show up with nothing, please. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's how I've always been. That's how I've always done my one-on-ones and it took a lot of practice, but I found that they turned out to be super effective. Yeah. You know, we forget before we became managers, like we had a lot on our mind that we just wanted to talk through. Like we just wanted to like, even if they're bad ideas, complaints, whatever, it just, we just held on to them. We just kind of had them. And then you come to a place where you have that one manager that you're like, I love that manager. Honestly, that's the thing that they did for you is they allowed you to do your job and they listened. Like they freed you up to do your job and they listened. It wasn't that they were like some special Oprah type that empowered you and motivated you every day and all that stuff. Yes. And I'm, I'm really glad you said that because there's essentially like two big your job in the one-on-one, you have two jobs in the one-on-one. Uh, and neither of those jobs is to create an agenda or look really professional or do this stuff that's probably holding you back from creating the one-on-one because you don't know how to do it. Now, you only have two jobs. And you just said the first one, Justice, listen. Yeah. The second job is clarify. So things they bring you, you ask clarifying questions because you you are essentially higher in the organization than them. You have more yep powers and abilities to control things. And so you listen to what they're talking about, try to clarify it. uh, And that's kind of essentially the whole point. There are some things that I like to listen for. So, all right, listening, it's not just like you should have some sort of reason for listening or things you're listening for, right? Like you don't want to just be like, oh, okay. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Do you feel Uh hurt? Yes. Yeah. No. So there are a few things that I like to listen for and that it sometimes it changes based on phases of the companies or what the role is. But generally speaking, I want to, I want to listen for what's working and what's not working. And this is kind of something that you shared uh, a little earlier, justice, like what's on your plate. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm really curious about like, Hey, what's going well in your job right now? What's not going well. And this is, I'm an operationally focused person. I'm an, I'm an integrator at heart. And this is my favorite part, right? What's not working? Who's bothering you right now? Not as like a, oh, that guy's annoying, but like, what have we, what have we created in the business right now that you dread? Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is how you find friction and the kind of stuff that, that makes people procrastinate and not like their job and all of these just hot spots that, that nobody notices. So I like to listen for what's working, what's not. And then there's, There's two questions that go together that I also, and these aren't like word for word questions, but things that I like a lot. What are you doing right now that you don't want to be doing? Yeah. I love asking that because that really speaks to like job satisfaction. Yes. That's a great question. Uh, And then the other one that I really like is the opposite of that. What are you not doing right now that you'd like to be doing? Oh, that's good. I never ask that. 
I, I, th- those are great. Here's what's interesting about those questions is it speaks to who your people are as individuals, what interests them, why they want to be working for you. And I don't care. Like there's, there's some generation I think of employee of management that is like, who cares? <laughs> like yeah. you do the job. Yeah. Uh, and I think what we're kind of experiencing now just systemically is people who don't get people want are leaving jobs that don't get that and moving towards jobs that do get that. Yeah. And so whether you think that's important or not, doesn't matter, I guess, but knowing who the individuals are on your team is really important. And that's a question that I, I just love. Cause it's like, what would you like to be doing that you're not? And then here's kind of the, the subtext of that, that I like to dig into as an operations person. Why aren't they doing it? Cause sometimes the thing that they say that they'd like to be doing that they're not, you're like, that's interesting. I thought that was their job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like I, and tell me if I'm wrong, but didn't, wouldn't you put their job description up while like on your computer, wouldn't you pull up their job description yes. and they're like quarterly rocks and like, were those the two, were those the two documents that you would put up on your computer while you're yeah? So I, them? I I always had their job description on the screen, and uh, we've talked about this in a, a previous episode. I'll link in the show notes. But the way that I write job descriptions is really clear, so that you can look at the job description, talk to the person, and basically be like, "Are we succeeding here? or Are we not meeting expectations?" Yeah. And so yeah. I always have that up just so I'm crystal clear. What are they here to do? And then. Uh, the other thing on my screen though, is really just like a running notes thing. So I take notes in every one-on-one, uh, I don't share the notes. They're just for me as a manager so that I can look back and be like, Oh, you know, this is going well, this is not going well. Here's where there's frustration yeah. uh, and look out for it. So those are the only things that I, that I keep on my screen when I'm doing that. Whoa. I like that. I, I really like that. And yes, please go listen to that on job descriptions. It, when Deacon described it to me before the podcast, I remember just being like, golly, that's, that's so simple. It's almost too good to be true. Um, but it just made too much sense. Yeah, it's made a, a huge difference because then you're, again, I like simplifying things. That's, that's what I do. <laughs> so, <laughs> and that's essentially your job description uh, becomes the management tool. Because mm-hmm. you now know, like, essentially it's, it's, well, what does winning look like in this role? And if you're talking every week with them, with uh, your direct reports and you have their job description, then you're, it's very obvious whether they're winning or not. Yeah. So, so I, I, like I said earlier, I don't have an agenda. I just like, what are you, what are you here this week for? You know, how, how are things going? And I ask a lot of questions to clarify things, to dig in, to learn more, uh, that said, if there is a performance problem, we are not meeting one of those things on their job description, something like that. That is the one time I will have something on the agenda first and foremost. And it's yeah. like, hey, I'm noticing that we're intending to do this. I'm noticing that we're not getting that done. Like, what do I need to know about that? And again, this, this whole thing I view, this is almost like a whole other episode underperformance, but dude, the general mindset though is like, well, I don't, I don't presume to know. I don't look at it as like a mistake is showing up and being like, justice, you missed the mark. 
You Don't idiot. let it happen again. My pizza came in 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Supposed to be here in 30 minutes. Yeah. Uh, but constructively, if it's like, hey, Justice, I noticed you were 10 minutes late with my pizza. Just use yeah. a job description that I think we all know and understand. Uh, the pizza delivery. Uh, yeah, we're having a lot of pizza guys. As you can tell, if if uh, Deacon and I owned a business together, there'd be a there'd be a lot of people on staff delivering mm. pizzas. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I would be eating a lot of pizzas. <laughs> Those would Justice, be some good one on ones. I noticed that the pizza arrived in forty minutes instead of thirty minutes. Um, your job description: what winning looks like for us is getting the pizza there in thirty minutes. What do I need to know about that? And the reason I always love to approach things like that is because you don't know what you don't know. For yeah. all you know, the guy making the pizzas and putting it in the box and giving it to the delivery guy was like really bad and slow and messed it up or I don't know, some other problems or you never know what is causing it. But by taking that approach and just asking, you know, what's working, what's not working, that kind of stuff. What you usually uncover in one-on-ones, and this is why I love them so much as an operationally focused person, is you find operational friction and waste. Mm -hmm. And that is your job. You're the manager. You're like up above this. And you're the person with enough control over different things that can actually go fix things. Yeah. And be like, oh, you know what? That is a really dumb way to do that. (laughs) Who came up with that? Yeah, it was us, the managers. Um, (laughs) but we can change it too. And and that's what I, that's essentially kind of the mindset that I'm, that I come into one-on-ones with and why I say it is so important. If you're a busy CEO, you're a busy business leader and you're like, I want to build a business that runs itself. Like I don't have time for this. I feel like you don't have time to not do it because that is where you find. Yes all of the inefficiency, all of the waste, all of the problems. And without one-on-ones, I wouldn't even know what to fix. You know, you're just guessing without that. I agree. And I think one of the things that so so many owners don't understand about one-on-ones is it, you should see an improvement to your overall culture, your team performance and to like team morale go up and you should be getting more time back. Like, yeah, unless, big time. and if you aren't, then you need to ask a second question of like, are we understaffed? Um, what am I like you, the one-on-ones are not hard. So once you get them implemented, it should become very apparent. Um, but they will reveal other holes in your business. And so, um, you might be understaffed and that's why you're not hitting some of the goals that you want to hit or why your team might be frustrated or whatever it is. But the one-on-one should leave. You should see within, I'd say 30 to 60 days, if you're doing them, you should see an improvement to the culture, to the morale and to the business performance. Your your business should be performing better because the team is clear and you're you have, especially this is another thing and I don't know if you're going to hit on it, Team members, like they act differently when they know they're going to come to a meeting where they're going to be asked, hey, how did this go? Or they know like something did not go well. Yeah, there's a so level of accountability. accountability. Yes. There's a level of accountability there. So you should see performance go up, not because you're showing up to the one-on-ones with like a, like a, a hammer and showing up as the judge, but they know they're going to be asked like, hey, was there something I, that we weren't able to do to support you to accomplish X task by this time. 
Um, and so they don't <laughs> want to hear that. They, they want, they know it's coming and they want to show up. There's a, if you have high performers, they love showing up and going, Hey, I got this done, this, 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 and this done and talking about what the process was like and completing it. And, and any new ideas they have from getting some of the responsibilities done, they want to talk about it. So, um, I can't, I can't echo what Deacon's saying enough and just saying, Hey, get those in place. Even if it's like, all I got are like two admins, get them and have those one-on-ones. There are things that your admins see regularly that they're shielding you from that yes. um, they probably have a pretty cool solution to or want to want to talk about with you that you can use to in, to improve your um, your business. Justice, I'm working with a CEO uh, a couple of weeks ago and he he's at kind of at that phase where he needs some stronger leaders. He needs some other management in the company like too much depends on him. Yeah. And we're talking about this kind of like organized chaos. And he's like, Oh man, this one thing, this is fantastic. They actually organized the meeting without me. And they're, and they, I walked in on it and they were having this meeting and they were like, no, we don't need you for this, blah, blah. And he was thrilled. And I had like my face in my hands and I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> that meeting was a compensation meeting because he was as the leader unknowingly making all of their lives difficult and adding confusion to it. And so they Mm. had to have this behind the scenes meeting to coordinate and compensate for that. Yep. Now what's funny is that's not the only time I have heard that story. Yep. (laughs) In fact, I think we have both been involved in those kinds of things. And it's funny because it's kind of praised like, Oh look, they're self-organizing, which is great. Like I I like the proactiveness, but if you had one-on-ones instead and ask the question like, what's not working? I guarantee you, or like, what's frustrating you? I guarantee you that finally opens up that opportunity to be like, yeah, you're doing this thing that's making all of our lives hard. Yes. And you could then fix it and move forward. The answer isn't, oh, they should have, they should have another meeting to compensate. <laughs> for. So that's yeah. a quick story that came to mind while you were sharing that, just to kind of share like, hey, these are the things that you discover if you want to build an organization that runs itself. This is part of it. Yes. And lastly, when you were kind of sharing all of the the reasons like you'd have them completely agree, I want to share a few, I want to share three things that are signs that your one-on-ones are actually like not working. Mm. So if you start it and you're thinking, Justice said my organization was going to get better. Justice said this was going to work. Yeah, it's totally Justice's fault, first of all. So throw him under the bus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, dude. But then let me give you three signs to look out for that maybe it's you and, and uh, yeah, we can still leave justice under the bus, but yes, I said earlier that I like to let them have the agenda. So one of the warning signs for me is they show up unprepared, yeah. like just to hang out. Yeah. And a couple of things there. One, it's like, if, well, you're the boss, you're expecting that you're saying, Hey, bring an agenda to this show up prepared. And they keep not. Yeah. Well, they, that's because they're not, they don't value that time. Or there's, they're not the level of employee that you were hoping for. Yes. In either case, you have a problem. Yes. Um, but that's one, that's one of the warning signs. So if you're thinking, when I said, hey, no agenda, and you're thinking, gosh, they're going to waste my time, that's something to wor- look out for, for sure. Uh, I think you will be pleasantly surprised, though, when you candidly open up this time 
that people will be like, yes, God is here. <laughs> yeah. And the second, yeah, let go them ahead. know that too. Let, like, let them know when you instill, when you instill one-on-ones, like let them know, Hey, we're instilling one-on-ones this is what I would love on each of these one-on-ones. My expectation is that you have an agenda. This meeting is for you. Um, so I expect for you to have an agenda, even if it's one thing or three things, there needs to be something, um, that we need to, that we need to cover. So I, I love what you shared. Uh, warning sign number two, they cancel them because you know, they have something else going on and the same goes for you. Do not cancel your one-on-ones. Yep. It better be an emergency if you do. Cause the message that essentially sends is my thing is more important than you keep, keep yeah. doing that work for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but if, if they end up having to cancel regularly cause they have things coming up, that's another sign. It's like, this is not a effective use of their time. They're finding other ways to fill it. That is effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, so watch out for that one too. The third one I love the most though, if they're not bringing up frustrations, that's a warning sign to look for. Yes. Hey, what's not working? Everything's working. Yeah. Nothing's not working. This is This is great. You've created the most amazing company ever. Yes. Where you're an operational genius. There's yeah. not one problem here. Yes. Please go on vacation. <laughs> Please leave me alone. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, but yeah, if they're not bringing up frustrations, that's a warning sign that you haven't, you j- in the short term, just keep doing the one-on-ones, keep being open because it's, yeah. it's kind of like a trust issue Yep. there um, that, yeah, it's not going to magically resolve itself, but that's, if you're thinking, gosh, I'm better at rolling this than I thought. Nobody has any suggestions. That's more, <laughs> that's more of a warning sign than a, than a <laughs> pat yourself on the back. I should be 100%. speaking from stage about this business. Yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Justice, is there anything else that you would tell CEOs now who either aren't doing one-on-ones or thinking, gosh, I was just using them to, oh, you know, this is one actually one of the mistakes that we see using the one-on-ones to show up and you just spew your agenda on them. Mm-hmm. Here's my vision. Do this, do this, do that, do that. Oh How's this gosh. going? All right. Got to go. See ya. Yep. Um, yeah. For, for a lot of people, I think if there's one thing I want them to take away, it's like, it's not about you. If it's about you, you're trying to rush the meeting, figure out what they want and then get out. If it's, a, if it's, if it's about you, you're not wondering what's on their agenda. What do they want to talk about? How are they doing? If it's about you, you're not asking, how's your role? How's your job? Like that is one of the things that, it, like get your ego out of the way, make it a priority because you care about your employees. And if you feel like you have too many of them, you might be understaffed. And, um, but yeah, just, it's not, yeah, about it might you. be time for somebody to step into a management role. Yeah. Take some of those off your plate. Yep. For me, it kind of boils down to three steps. My, <laughs> my final thing here, step one, actually schedule them, just get them on the calendar, have them step Two is actually have those meetings <laughs> show yeah, up to them because yeah, right? yeah. it's easy to be like, oh, it's not that important. Uh, and then step three is the, is essentially everything else we've been talking about. You just have two roles here. Listen and clarify. They're going to bring the agenda. You are now learning more about your business than you probably have in like the last year if you weren't doing these. So that's uh, that is in a nutshell how to do one-on-ones really well. And just as I want to share this resource, I'll probably refer to this a lot. 
Yeah. This is like one of my all-time favorite books that as a manager, it's called Radical Candor. It is so well known that it kind of became like a one of those just like running gags on like Silicon Valley and stuff like that because <laughs> it's referred to so many times as like, oh yeah, it's Radical Candor. Uh, but it's a fantastic book. It is so good. It's probably more than any other book helped me as a leader and a manager. And wow. a lot of the one-on-one tips I, I learned from that book, uh, as well as from mentors. And so I would share that resource. I'll link it up in the show notes. If you haven't listened to it, listen to it. Heck yeah. Thanks for joining us today on the Sharp Business Growth Podcast. If you are not subscribed to the show, be sure and subscribe because we got two more episodes in this series coming up. We're going to be talking about not spending your time with the right people, which is a a mistake a lot of people make. We're also going to be talking about developing your team because if you want to grow a business that runs itself, you want to scale your business, one of the most important things that you need to make that happen is a team. And if you want to talk to us about unraveling this mystery, figuring it out, Go find us. There's a link in the show note. Head over to sharpbusinessgrowth.com. Click the apply button and we'll schedule some time to chat. See ya.